0: to Extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit Rajana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now let's get to grinding. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 23 of the Stay Grounded podcast. I'm your host Raj and super, super, super excited today to be introducing a friend of mine, Mr. Matt Aitchison. So Matt, God, he's just got such a cool story. Um, Matt has flipped over 150 houses in the last six years as a creator of sixfigureflipper.com where he helps other people learn how to do the same. Uh, for a fraction of the price that other people are charging for this type of information, which I think is awesome. So he's just a guy that likes to give back. And this episode is no different. He drops so many gems. And what I love about Matt, and I think this is a common theme that I love about just our guests in general, um, everybody, nobody had a silver spoon in their mouth. Everybody came through tough times and created a life of abundance for themselves. They, They went through the hardships and And they came from nothing um, a lot of times. And Matt, really, I mean, his childhood was, he had a troubled childhood. He was getting in fights, he was hanging around the wrong people. And then in college, uh, he got into a fight and got arrested. And I think this experience is what made him realize that, hey, if I wanna change, I have to change. If I want a different life, I have to create a different life for myself. And then he took complete ownership and he made it happen. And now, Matt, just seemingly like if you look at where he was to where he is now, it's night and day. Uh, he has a beautiful family. He's living the life uh, that he loves. He's in great shape. Uh, he seemingly has it all. And his goal is now to be a millionaire in every part of life, which I think is inspiring. And he's got such a data-driven and process-driven approach to doing that. And that's exactly what we dove into on this episode. Uh, we went through everything and and brought out the gems of of how you and how anybody can just make a change in their lives as long as they want that. Um, And, and God, I'm just pumped. So pumped for Matt to share uh, his, his brilliance on this episode. I found so many helpful tidbits that I started applying immediately to my life. And I hope you guys find the same. So, hope you guys enjoy this episode, but before we get started, please, please, please give us some feedback. Leave us a review. Subscribe to the show. Get involved. Let me know what you like and don't like. Um, you, know, you know what? Send me an email. Uh, Brewer at javapress.com. Javapress has an E at the end, if you guys already didn't know that. Uh, but uh, yeah, let me know what you like. I want to hear from you guys. I want to know what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, what you want more of. What you don't want, so that we can create a show that's really built around everybody in the community. Uh, my goal is to make everybody achieve their dreams and their goals uh, through the daily rituals and mindsets needed to make that a reality. So, the more you, the more you talk to me, the more I know, and the more I know, the more I can help. So, anyways, uh, let's get started. Uh, so, without further ado, here is Mr. Matt H. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Stay Grounded podcast. I'm your host
1: Raj and uh super excited to have you here, Matt. How are you, man? Dude, it's a pleasure to be here, man. I'm doing fantastic. How about you, brother? I'm killing
0: it, man. I'm I'm feeling good this morning. It's uh, uh it's bright and sunny in Houston and um yeah, man, I'm super excited to have this conversation with you though. You're Definitely someone that I've uh, followed
1: for a while, so exciting to start the conversation and and keep it going. Well, we're going to have some fun, so uh, grateful to be here and always love connecting with people, high energy, high positivity, doing great things, adding value, and I think we're going to do a little bit of that today. I love it, man. I love it. Well, let's dive into it. So,
0: um, obviously, I already gave a a short intro on you um, before this episode, but I'd love for you to just tell me about your story. Um, in your own words, kind of where you came from to where you are now, um, and really focusing on that, like the transformation, because I think that's something that I found just fascinating about you, um, and just and just everything you're about, man.
1: Yeah, you know, my story is my story, right? It's nothing amazing. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's unique to my own experience, and I think we all have our own unique journeys and stories that. You know, something that's fascinating to me about every individual is, you know, we all have this collection of experiences and relationships and all kinds of things that lead us to where we're currently at today. And so I'm very grateful for where I am today and kind of rewinding back to where um, I initially kind of started with it really started. Um, with two amazing parents i 'll start there uh, both my <laughs> parents divorced when i was when I was young i got to give give the the credit to where credit is due yeah. two amazing parents that um were corporate climbers so they worked in corporate america basically their their entire careers and uh, they divorced when I was very young um but also were cordial, which you know isn 't always the case for a lot of people um but I was bouncing back and forth between both my parents and um I was big into sports. I mean, I was always in sports doing, you name it, water polo, tennis, you know, football, baseball, basketball. But when I got to high school, basketball kind of became my love, my one sport focus. And um, I'd always been very competitive, only child. So for me, now looking back, I can kind of uncover some of these things and peel back the layers to the onion and go, well, why was I that way? Right? Because I've been kind of on that journey of exploring who I am and internally kind of breaking some things down but um always very competitive always wanting to fit in always wanting to be the best um to gain that acceptance whether it was from friends you know from coaches from parents whatever it may be and um when I started getting into playing basketball you know in middle school and in high school I um you know, I, I had a, a lot of great friends. I was kind of the, the token white guy hanging out with all <laughs> the, all, all my brothers. And um, we, uh, you know, we, we got into some shit. We would do things and, you know, engage with people or experiences or crutches or you name it um, that ultimately, you know, weren't serving me at the highest level, right? And uh, my senior year of high school, uh, first week, I ended up uh, getting in a physical altercation with a kid from another school and actually got expelled from high school. And I had to go through kind of this whole wash list of of items in order for this to be expunged off my record. I was a 4.0 student, so I could at least have the chance because my parents had always kind of drilled into me like, yeah, do good in school and go to college and then get a job and then right, that all that kind of stuff. And so that was kind of my path subconsciously that I'd been laying out in my physical world for for quite some time and um, when that whole turbulent time had happened, um, my world was, you know, thrown upside down and that was the real, you know, I'd been getting into some some stuff and some trouble but nothing that really held high consequences that yeah. I had to face, right? right, right. And I remember, um, you know, that kind of being the first dose of ultimate reality of like, dude, you're, your, your, your actions in life have heavy consequences, good or bad, right? right? And I was on the wrong side of it at that time. But um, I ended up having to go through this checklist of, you know, you got to go through anger management. You got to do thousands of hours of community service. You have to, I went to a continuation high school where all the trouble teens go and, yeah. you know, the gang members. And it was, you know, completely different shakeup of what I was used to but it was um, one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. And uh, I got through that, I ended up graduating high school, got my diploma, and uh, all the colleges had basically kind of gotten wind of what happened except for UC Santa Barbara, which was the one school that accepted me. And I ended up going down to UC Santa Barbara, getting my education there, but my first year kind of fell back into some same patterns of uh, poor environment, poor peer group. Um, extracurricular activities. You can fill in the blanks there. And uh, who would have thought lightning strikes twice? I got arrested for the exact same thing that I got expelled for in high school, which is a physical altercation when I was intoxicated. And I remember sitting in jail and I came out of my blackout basically and I look to my left and there's like this big, gnarly, bald-headed biker dude with tats everywhere. I look to my right. There's like this, you know, Hispanic gang member with tattoos all over his face in the corner. There's like a tweaker who's thrown up all over himself. And wow! immediately, yeah. I remember like as clear as day, I sobered up so quick. And I was like, this is now my reality of who my new peer group is what my new tribe looks like, what my new environment looks like. And I was scared shitless. I mean, that was yeah. just something that I did not want to become my reality because i had always had these big goals and big dreams and big aspirations, you know, and yet my audio of what I was telling myself and what I was telling other people was definitely not being matched with my audio my video, my actions and how I was playing out my life. And so uh, I remember having a, a conversation with, um, with my dad and he just said, you know, your your past doesn't have to equal your future. And I know that this isn't who you really are unless it is. Yeah. And the only way we're going to be able to know that, the only way other people are going to be able to know that is how you respond to this situation right here. And that's going to tell a lot about your character. It's going to tell a lot about what your future looks like. And so, I remember um, getting out of jail and The first 24 hours, the only thing I did, I think I applied at like 40 different jobs. 40 different jobs and um, I ended up getting hired at this little investment firm, starting out as a cold caller, pounding the phones, you know, 10 hours a day, going to school full time working just about anywhere from 30 to 40 hours a week, depending on the week. Yeah. And, um, and I worked my way up to kind of being the right hand for the owner of the company, small business, entrepreneur. And that was kind of my first dose of entrepreneurship and seeing the lifestyle, the freedom, being your own boss, helping other people accomplish their goals. And um, that was something that I wanted for myself. And so when I uh, graduated from UC Santa Barbara, I decided to move back home and figure out what the heck it was that I wanted to do and my mom had been taking me to real estate investing seminars when I was like 12, 13, 14, 15 and she'd exposed me to kind of this real estate entrepreneurship path yeah and uh when I got back I had this piece of paper that I wasn't going to use I had spent all kinds of money on it and decided that I wanted to go down a completely different path and I didn't want to go get a job I didn't want to work for somebody else so I decided to get my real estate license and um started building up a real estate team. Five years later, we were the top ranked um, real estate uh, team, top 1000 real estate teams in the country ranked by Wall Street Journal. We did that two years back to back. And um, at the same time, while I was building my real estate team, I started buying houses and flipping houses and holding them as rental properties. And so, Um, Over the last about six years, I've flipped over 150 houses. I have uh, held a good amount of my rentals in my portfolio for passive income. And now I spend a lot of my time um, educating other people on real estate investing, but ultimately just lifestyle design, right? And how whatever path you choose, there's a way to architect what you want. There's just also a framework and a system and, you know, uh, a strategy behind how you need to be intentional of going about getting that and that's what I do man I get to hang out and talk with awesome people like you connect with other amazing people that are doing awesome things in their life study them extract you know their models their information their strategies apply what works you know to to my life and what aligns with my life and also share as much of that as I possibly can with other people I love it, man. I love it. Your story is such a
0: quintessential entrepreneur story. You've, you've had the peaks and the valleys. I want to focus on the, on the, on the valleys, though. Um, oh, there's because, plenty
1: of them, man. You don't got uh, enough
0: time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pick one that you mentioned. Um, uh, when you, uh, you realized in college that uh, you had to make some serious changes. Yep. I imagine getting that party started was difficult. Um, So what were like, what was that first sprint like when you, when you made a decision to change your life? Like, how did you kind of fight that uphill battle? Because once you kind of set the habit, it's, 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 it's smooth sailing. Um, You start seeing the results, you start seeing what's happening, but getting started is always the hardest part. So how did you get yourself out of this hole into at least through habits, routines? Like, what did you do?
1: Yeah. You know, exploring uncharted waters is always scary for anybody. Right. I think of like Christopher Columbus, when he got on that ship and decided, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go find the next world out there. Yeah. You know, that took a lot of courage, right? It took a lot of courage. It took a lot of faith, a lot of belief in himself and the people that he was around. And, um, And so for me, I was, I was scared, man. I mean, to be honest, you know, anytime you decide to embark on something new, whether it's, you know, to try and get your life back on track in an extreme capacity, or maybe it's just to lose five pounds and you're struggling with weight or, you know, something in that capacity, um, it takes courage. Right. And so for me, um, I had kind of done this life audit where I, knew there were some things that I needed to to change, and I had obviously a lot of reflection time and I remember going the the, the two immediate places that I can control right now that could make a significant difference and putting myself in a position to to grow in the right way and to get on the path that I wanted to be on was to one edit my peer group mm. and who I surround myself with and edit my environment and where I you know hang out and what I do and you know, what I surround myself with. And I have always had a very all in or all out kind of personality. And so for me, um, you know, I made some pretty significant changes to my peer group rapidly. I also made some pretty significant changes to my environment and the, you know, things that I was engaging with. One was alcohol and drugs and two was um, who I was spending my time with. And an easy way for people to do this is literally, I mean, I, I drew a line down the center of a piece of paper And I put together uh, on the left side, it was the pluses and the multiplication sign. And on the right side, it was the negative and the division sign. Mm. And I listed down all uh, basically the majority of the people I was spending most of my time with on whether they were somebody who added value to my life, inspired me, were positive influences, were doing great things that had the results that I wanted in my life. And then I made a list of all the people that were negative or were maybe, you know, distracting me or doing things that weren't necessarily moving me in the direction that I wanted to move. And basically, I would say 90% of the people I put on that piece of the paper were on the wrong side of the paper. Right. And so that was a kind of a quick thing of going, I need to, I need to, you know, edit my peer group. I need to figure out what my tribe looks like. And, and so for me, it just started with shrinking it didn't mean I was, you know, exchanging it or replacing it. It just meant really shrinking it and focusing on myself. Um, and that, you know, came down to a lot of books, a lot of reading, a lot of seminars, a lot of kind of meetup groups of meeting like-minded people that allowed me to, you know, get in the space and the conversation. I've always believed that we grow into the conversations around us. So if you want to be a millionaire, go hang out with nine other millionaires, And most likely you're going to adopt the mentality, the disciplines, the habits, the network, the research, all the information that will empower you to be on that path as well. Same thing, you hang around nine other negative people who are always talking about how the world sucks and poor me and blah, 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 right? Then you're going to adopt that mentality too. So I had to change the conversations I was in, the environment that I was hanging around and the people that I was spending time with. And then from there it became, well, mentorship you know, what people yep. do I want to allow to speak into my life? Do I want to surround myself with? And my very first mentor really was um, that guy who hired me in his his business. And yep. he shortened my learning curve in a lot of areas. He exposed me to things that I didn't know that I didn't know, you know, helped me avoid mistakes that I probably would have made otherwise. Yeah. Um, accelerated some of the results and the growth that I was looking for and and that was the the journey that I was on from the day I basically had, you know, gotten out of jail to the day that I had um, graduated from college was just pouring into myself and, and growing and learning about who I was as a man at, you know, 19 to let's say 21 years old. Um, was a lot of exploration. And because there was one, one part of that was, I was just really ashamed of who I was. Like, I knew yeah. that the past that I had was not who I really was. Yeah. And yet I had succumbed to the pressures and the influences and the things that were around me. And so, from there, you know, I, I really had this shame and guilt around it. And I read a book by Brene Brown um, Big called man. the gift of the gift of imperfections, and for a lot of men, especially the the, the people I surrounded myself with, you start talking about your feelings yeah. and <laughs> this, you know, inner game and your spirituality, and they're like, "What the hell is this? dude yeah. talking <laughs> about? like you know, you wimp in a nice way, right? Of, yeah. of putting it, and um, and I read that book, and it gave me permission to actually just like tap into who am I, you know, explore what that is, not be shameful or feel guilty or whatever it is. And to know that I have the opportunity as a human being to explore myself in a way that I'd never done that before. And and that was really the book that kind of led me down this path of really digging into what that was and trying to identify who I wanted to become and what kind of habits and what kind of disciplines and mentors and all that kind of stuff I needed to really push into. And I think we all probably can relate to that in some capacity of, you know, having shame or guilt or whatever it may be. Um, But after reading that book, it gave me permission to just be my organic self, like not to try and please everybody, not to try and do all the things I think I need to do or what I need to say or to fall in line or conform, but to really like be me, the organic Matt. And as I started doing that, I started realizing that, all of the relationships, the conversations, the experiences, the opportunities, everything was just a pure reflection of Matt, the organic yeah. Matt. And, and that was something that really looking back was one of the biggest doors that were open for me and gifts that were given to me. And that I actually was you know, fortunate enough to walk through that courageously um, because it would have been easier to just stay in that comfort zone and that has led me down many, many different paths that have created a lot of, you know, a lot of value in my life.
0: Absolutely, man. And I, first of all, I just want to commend you on that. I think it's a going all in or nothing isn't an easy decision. But what I love about what you said, I want to keen on something you said, you said, you didn't necessarily exchange the negatives for the positives, you just shrunk it. So instead of trying, you're getting rid of 90% of your, of, of your, your peers, your influences, your everything, you didn't try and add 90%. You just focused in on the 10. Um, and when you kind of drive in with that level of focus, you start to really pay attention to the things that matter, which is exactly what you did. Um, so what are the things that matter to you today? Like, how do you foster this sense of, of, of purpose and, and, and exploration? And, and what does your daily ritual look like to keep yourself motivated and moving on that path um, instead of something that may stray back? Uh, how do you just keep the party going?
1: I think it comes back to being number one piece that I think a lot of people lack in their life, whether it's in their business goals, whether it's in their core values, it's clarity. Like, what do you stand for? What is important to you? You know, if I were to put a gun to your head and say that you can only do you know, certain things and spend time with certain people and serve in a certain way while you're left on this planet, what would you eliminate and go, that's really just not important to me. Yeah. And that's just a distraction. And what would you put your time and your energy into? And so for me, it was just condensing things so I could get clarity and what really was important. And I was 29, 1920 19, 19, 20 at the time. So yeah. you know, I'm 29 now. That was about 10 years ago and a lot has shifted. Obviously, I have, you know, two young girls, three and a half and eight months. I'm married, um, you know, I have my businesses, things like that. Whereas before it was just like, hey, I need to, <laughs> I need to survive and get back yeah. on, on the right track here before I, you know, end up in a place for a very long time that I don't want to be. Yeah, And so, um, that was a big piece of just getting clarity and like, who am I? What do I stand for? right? And what will I stand for? So, identifying what my core values were um, was was a big piece of it. That was kind of like my, my North Star mm-hmm. that, that yeah. guided me. So, yeah. you know, if there was an experience or a situation or a conversation or something that wasn't aligned with my core values, I was going to have to be the one to have the discipline to stand up and either remove myself or to say something or do something that made me stay in alignment with my values and not get Sucked back in, so it really became a discipline game. But because I was clear on what it was that I stood for, and you know the goals that I was going after, and the things I knew I needed to do, it made it a lot easier for me to just be ruthless and going yes or no, right? I move forward or I don't move forward, and so that that whole piece of it, you know, getting clarity and and that helped me identify what my next steps were, because um, you know it's easy to get pulled and sucked into all the different you know directions of life. And so that was a big part of it. And then obviously having mentors was hands down, probably one of the, the biggest accelerators and, you know, positive influences in my life. I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by some amazing, amazing, amazing people. Yeah. Um, and I sought those people out, right? And I stepped into those opportunities and, and connected with those people and fostered and nurtured and, you know, strengthened those relationships. And those people have, you know, mentored me in all different areas of life. Um, And one piece of that is obviously, you know, I've picked and pulled from all of their different routines and their habits and their disciplines where I'm like, I love that. I want to give that a try. And there's a book called Small Bets. And I'm a big believer of this in life is um, I like, you know, trying to figure out life hacks and figure out what is the best thing for me that helps me, you know, perform at my optimum peak state and uh, the routine kind of equation and formula was something and is still something that I'm always playing around with. Right. Um, and, you know, I've uh, actually have been doing this obsessively for the last, you know, five or so years. And then over time I had people, I, I was literally like writing in Excel what my routine was. And I tried this, you know, for two weeks, which I call a small bet, right? So, before you decide to push all your chips in the center of the table, why don't you just try some of these things and test some of these things? And and, and that's what I call the small bets in life. And so, I've been making many small bets in my routines and my relationships and all kinds of areas of life to figure out what is, you know, the optimum performance or result that I can get by figuring out what the, you know, ideal formula is for this. and so um i don't know if you can see this but this is basically my daily routine, you know, and it's got my morning routine, kind of my daily habits, my evening routine. um and i you know, i pull things in, i pull yeah, things yeah. out. but um most importantly i would say that the the morning routine is key and uh you know, equally as important is the evening routine. and when i'm on point with both of those routines, I'm crushing my days, I'm winning my weeks, I'm winning my months, I'm having great years. Um, when I'm not, I know I'm not, I'm off track, yeah. right? And, but that's also a part of being a human being is, you know if all we were was on track for our entire life, it'd be pretty damn boring. And we wouldn't learn a whole lot about ourselves. So Absolutely. this is just really the routine is my awareness tool, my tracking tool to tell me when I'm on track, when I'm off track, when do I need to course correct? When do I need to double down? Um, and it allows me to actually measure the things that I'm managing in my life that are most important to me to figure out how I show up the best. And then from there, you know, I can obviously read between the lines and, and, and figure out what I need to keep doing and what I need to maybe stop. Man, I have
0: two questions. I don't know which one I want to ask first. Um, I guess one question, uh, you can maybe answer both. One is how did you come up with your core values? Um, because I think that's something that, uh, I personally, I am clear on what my goals are and where I want to be. And I'm clear, I'm clear on who I want in my life, but as far as defining them as distinct core values, that's a really interesting concept to me. And then two, uh, what is your daily non-negotiable on that routine list? What is something that you've tested through the small bets that just works for you consistently throughout and throughout?
1: Yeah. So for me, uh, the, the, the hands down non-negotiable. Two really non-negotiables for me are affirmations and workout. Um, for me to physically move my body, it's a night and day difference yep. when I am you know, I'm getting some kind of exercise and physical activity. Man, yeah. <laughs> the, the second piece is just the affirmations, which, you know, a lot of people think affirmations are so woo woo, right. And like, ah, oh, that's just, and eh, whatever. So I, I reframe that for those people that feel that way and just say, this is just your daily reminder to yourself. Yeah. So your daily reminder could be, you know, I tell myself every day, I'm a great real estate investor and through my real estate investments, I can create freedom for my family and for my future family, right? Or I am a great husband, father, and leader. You know, there's all these different things that you can, these are just my reminders that I want to tell myself. And when I am having those conversations, because we have conversations in our brain every second, you know, every day, multiple times, you know, 60,000 thoughts a day. And a lot of them, you can't control. Well, I want to make sure the ones I can control, I'm putting positive, you know, injections into my brain. So that's, you know, the two things I would say about my routine. The third I would add to that is planning in the evening for the next day. Because so many people in the life that we live in today, it's very easy to just be reactive wherever you go, whatever you do. And when I am proactive, I have found that I'm way more productive. I'm way more intentional. I'm way more clear and purposeful on what I'm supposed to be getting out and doing. I cover more ground and less time. um, And I'm just more efficient and and fulfilled when I'm actually planning those things out. And when I don't, I'm running around like I got my head cut off, doing a ton of different things and going in a million different directions. And so for me, um, that evening piece is very not only – it's not only very critical, but it's also very relieving to, yeah. to just know what I'm going to be doing the next day and to step into that sleep better. Yeah. Yep. So, so those are two pieces for me that are, are very big going back to your question in regards to how do you determine your, um, your core values? You know, that is a really good question. And I just think of kind of the there's a, there's an acronym that one of my mentors taught me. It's called the MVVBP and it's, what is your mission? What is your vision? Mm -hmm. What are your values? What are your beliefs and what are your perspectives? And so from there, you know, by answering those questions, right? It's like, what's your mission? Why do you exist while you're here on this planet? And you know, these are some pretty loaded questions. So it's not like you're going to sit down and 30 minute exercise and be like, all right, I got my, my whole, you know, MVVVP figured out I got my core values dialed in these are things that have morphed and taken me time to figure out over time one by just becoming wiser with age and experience um two by having you know life altering you know changes that just change who you are so for me it's been one of those things where this mission vision values beliefs and per- perspectives has evolved over time Um, But by having the conversation in the first place and starting it, most people have never had this conversation with themselves or with other people. And so I have found that through some of my mentors, uh, some of the most successful and not just financially successful people, but some of the most fulfilled and happy and, you know, generous people are the people who are having these conversations on a very consistent basis over and over and over again and evolving what that looks like to expand that, to make that bigger and to create more opportunity for the yeah. people around them too, to have these kind of conversations and learn and grow. So I've just been in a lot of what is your purpose? What is your passion? What is your mission? What is your vision type of conversations, which have allowed me to explore what they actually are. Uh, Cause you know, when I first started out, I was like scratching my head. I was like, um, <laughs> I want to be rich, I I want to travel, right? Yeah. All of the the same the same shit that most people say. But when you really peel back the layers to the onion, it's like, nah, like what do you really want to do? Why yeah. do you really want to do that? Who do you really want to impact? Is there a cause? Is there a person? Is there a group of people? Is there a specific category? You know, whatever it may be, you know, these are things that take some time, but I have found that by getting intimate with these conversations, I get more intimate with myself. And therefore I get more intimate with the vehicle or the experience that will allow me to play these things out and bring them into like a physical reality in my world. I've always believed that. Thanks for that. By the way, that was super
0: clarifying. Um, I've always believed that um, having clarity around your, your mission, vision, values, beliefs, perspectives, and that having that conversation almost allows you to live with a mindset of abundance. And when you're only focusing on those aspects of your life and filtering through that lens, you almost kind of get to have your cake and eat it too, because you're hundred percent focusing on just the positivity, the things that are bringing you joy and you're cutting out everything else and you're filtering it through your lens of success or what that means to you. And when you're just filtering it through your lens, you you're always playing in your favor Um, and how has that shown up for you just in general? Like, how does that show up for you in different parts of your life? One thing I read on your website, which I loved, um, was that you want to show up as a millionaire in every part of your life, not just one part of your life. So how do your mission, vision, and values kind of permeate all the parts of your life and when things have to be compromised, how do you do that? How do you balance everything?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't think you're ever in balance, right? It's, it's just a very consistent state of counterbalance. Mm. You know, it's like when you're standing up on one foot, you know, you're never 100% stationary. You're always leaning one little bit to the left and then you counterbalance and then, oh, back to the right. <laughs> right. So, it's like, that's, that's honestly how I look at life. And um, for me, it is one of those things where, you know, I talk about kind of what you had stated being a whole life millionaire. And this whole word of millionaire has really, it holds different meanings to different people. Yeah. Um, Some people, their money mindset is millionaires and money and wanting money and the desire for money. That's evil. That's bad. It's this, it's that, which that's just bad programming. Right. And there's, there's a, Money just makes you more of who you are. If you're an amazing human being, I know a lot of rich people that are amazing people and do amazing things with their money. And I'm glad that they have more money than some of the people that don't have money because they do great stuff with it, right? And then there are the people that are, you know, filthy rich and they're greedy and they're, you know, they are unethical and they do things. I know a lot of poor people that are that way too, you know? So it's 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 just a it's a word to me that means thinking in a rich and fulfilling way in the mindset. Mm. And so living like a millionaire, calling it the whole life millionaire in all areas of your life is I know a lot of people who are financially extremely abundant, like I just said, but they're bankrupt in their relationships with their wife or their kids. They're bankrupt in their health. They're bankrupt in giving back to people and, you know, making contributions to the world. They're bankrupt in, you know, their careers right? So just because they have money doesn't mean that they're wealthy. Wealthy is, you know, is a different definition. And so for me, it was, how do I become financially abundant? And that some people that might be, Hey, you have a hundred million bucks in the bank. Other people might say, I got 7,000 bucks in passive income coming in every month and my living expenses are paid for and I can do what I want when I want with who I want. Right. So it, for me, it's being financially free it's being a great husband, it's being a great father who's not just, you know, giving quality time, but also a quantity of time. Love is, in my opinion, spelled T-I-M-E. And when you tell yourself that you can only be there for, oh, I gave her a good hour tonight. Bullshit. Like, that's, yeah. that's not serving you or your family at the highest level. Um, secondarily, you know, or, you know, the third is, you know, how can I give back to other causes bigger than myself? you know, to give to people that are less fortunate than me, to maybe be a vehicle uh, for them taking a step in their life that they've always wanted to take and they don't have the confidence to do it. But maybe I can lend my belief in them that day that inspires them to do something like that because somebody did it for me too, right? So living abundantly in all areas of your life, being a millionaire in all areas of your life, that's my goal. That's what I aspire to do. And hell yeah, it takes a lot of balance. And honestly, you know, when I show people my planner, and they see how crazy that is, people are like, dude, that is way too (laughs) intense. You're crazy. And when they tell me that, I'm like, yep. All right. That's why I'm doing this. (laughs) Because when 99% of people tell you they wouldn't do this or won't do this, that's when I know I need to do this. And when I've studied other people who do do this, these are the people that are ultimately living as high as they possibly can, whatever that capacity may be for them, But at the same time, they are living very balanced. It's not that the scales aren't. And when the scale does tip too heavy in one direction or another, because life will show up, life will slap you in the face every once in a while. You have to be able to go, I have the ability to get through this. I have the ability to course correct. And by tracking these things, it just allows my awareness to be super heightened so I know when something's off, I know when I need to course correct, I know when I need to tilt the skills back, uh, scales back, backwards. And one of the things that I track is I call it my legendary life rating. So I have my eight gardens that I track my life in and I rate myself at the beginning of every week and I rate myself at the end of every week. So there's That's times, brilliant. so there's times where, you know, I'll go, how did I show up as a father this week? Oh well, I took work off this day and I took Ella to the park and we went on a breakfast date. I'm I'm crushing it. I showed up as a nine and a half. And maybe there's other weeks where I'm like, hey, I was traveling for two weeks and I was out here and out there. And so I'm gonna give myself a six. So I need to make up some some stuff here yeah, for the next yeah, week. right. So it just keeps my ability to, you know, gauge where, where I'm at in those categories that I've identified for myself as being the most important and where I want to show up at the best.
0: Dude, I love how data driven you are. I think that's so awesome. Uh, you're like down to the T, um, which, which is, which is inspiring, man. Um, you're inspiring me to add layers of,
1: of tracking and accountability into my life. Well, I'll say this, you know, this is a, this is an eclectic, you know, really grouping of things that I've pulled from all my different mentors. Right. So I would say that this doesn't work for everybody and some of it will work for everybody. And there's other things that you may just want to take one piece of it. Right. And so that's where I go back to the small bets, right? Like you gotta be intentional enough to actually test some of these things to figure out what actually works. Right. So many people try one thing and they give up because it didn't get them the results they want. And that could be in any aspect of life, not just goal setting. That could be in a relationship. It could be in a new career that you're trying. It could be anything. So you have to do a lot of small bets and you have to push through the challenges to actually, one, know what you're made of and what you're capable of. Um, Because I can ask this question and I ask this question to people all the time is what you're doing right now today in this exact moment was once a stretch for you mentally and physically right? But you figured out a way to normalize it. It's your new, it's, it's just what you do now, right? So I'm always constantly trying to explore, how can I 2.0 myself? How can I 2.0 my mindset? How can I 2.0 my routine, my disciplines, my habits, my relationships, right? And so I want to figure out what to me seems scary or what seems big in the moment can eventually become my new normal. And, and that's where the data helps us track and figure out because you cannot and I, and I truly believe this is you, you cannot at the highest level know what's working for you and what's not working for you if you don't have any data to go off of. And I am like my personality profile is not data driven. I do yeah. not like this shit, but I've learned to adopt it because I know it serves me at the highest level and I'm more committed to hitting my goals and doing the most that I can do for myself and my family and for the people that I care about and the causes that I support than me being comfortable and saying, ah, that's too much to do. Oh man, what
0: doesn't get measured doesn't get done. Um, you know, and what I love about, you said something, uh, first of all, I think that everybody has the capacity in themselves to do this. Um oh, at absolutely. least because you say, you say yourself, I love a love is spelled T I M E. I mean, that is, if you love yourself, if you love the people around you, if you love what you're working on, if, really, if, if you love anything, you'll make the time to do it. And this is a small investment that, that, that we can all make in our lives to really keep accountable to the things that matter most to us. Um, I want to dive into something that you mentioned earlier in the conversation. Uh, you you used the word grateful a lot. Um, I'm a big uh, gratitude's a huge part of my life um, and something I try to practice as much as I can. How does gratitude play a role in your routine? What how does it fit in with this grand scheme that you practice? Um, and what are some ways that you cultivate it each day?
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll just go back to my journal every day. I write down the things yeah. I'm grateful for, the experiences, the people. I don't have the greatest memory. Um so for me, I write down a lot of stuff. I track a lot of things. I'm writing in, I mean my Evernote has thousands and thousands of notes yeah. and I track my stuff monthly. Um so I can go back to these things, but gratitude hands down is one of the leading pillars of my life, you know, and when I continue to pour energy and appreciation into the things that ultimately I'm grateful for. It, it seems to continue to reciprocate. You know, you hear that just the cliched law of attraction, right? And yeah. people have heard it over and over and over again. And, and the shit's true. I don't know it what is. to tell you guys. It's true. Dude. And so the more I find that I practice it and make it a habit and a discipline in my life, the more one I'm aware you know, I'm, uh, there's your reticular activating system, which I, you know, most people call your RAS, the piece in your brain where, you know, the easiest way of explaining it is when you bought a new car and you drove that car off the lot, all of a sudden, everybody around the freeway, you're like, oh my gosh, my car's everywhere. And oh shoot, my car's up on that billboard. And oh my, God, I didn't even know my neighbor had the same car. And, <laughs> right. It's like, but the thing is, is that was always there. That was always there, but you just put more attention in your brain, in your reticular activating system now turned on to the fact that that's your car and it's everywhere, right? You're looking for it. So for me, it's how do I turn my reticular activating system on to the things, the people, the experiences, the conversations, the relationships that I'm super grateful for and want more of. And through gratitude, it allows me to continue to enhance my RAS in those areas, in those things, so that in turn... The desire, right? The intention is to to get more of them, to appreciate more of those things, to experience more of those things. And gratitude, hands down, is 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 a a daily, daily, daily habit for me. Oh my gosh, man! I love that.
0: I love I love you. You're, you're, <laughs>
1: awesome. you're awesome. I love you too, man.
0: Uh, you're awesome. Yeah, like I mean, gratitude reciprocates. Uh, I've always found that the. The more things I'm grateful for and the more I express gratitude for those things, the more comes into my life that I'm allowed to be even more grateful for. So it's like this hamster wheel of like just things continuing to feed each other. And you can be on one of two hamster wheels, one yep. that where you're actively practicing appreciation and gratitude and then one where you're actively waiting. You're, you're in reactive versus proactive. And I think that's what I love so much about you, man. You're so proactive with, with what you're doing and how you're doing it. Um, Matt, tell me more about sort of six uh, figure six figure flipper man. Tell me more about that. Um, I'm I'm sure there's tons of people in our audience that are interested in real estate. Tell me more about how they can get involved with you and learn more about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, well, brother, I appreciate it. This is uh, this has been fun. And uh, real quick before I touch on that, you talked about really two things, and one is the law of attraction, but. I also believe that the law of attraction um, isn't fully fulfilled without the law of action. So Mm -hmm. people think that they can just think about these things and that it's going to happen. Right. And that's not, in my opinion, the case. You need to think about these things. You need to visualize these things. You need to, you know, attract these things into your life. But most importantly, you need to take massive action in your Mm -hmm. life. And that's probably one of the biggest things that, you know, when people ask me, how have you done what you've done? I'm just like, well, I'm just kind of stupid. And I just keep moving forward all the time. Like I just keep failing forward. And so for me, it's one of those things where you gotta, you gotta have that law of attraction as a pillar in your life, but you also gotta be willing to act and to, you know, when the fear shows up, push into it instead of run away from it. So, and that's ultimately what led me into real estate investing was um, when I was that broke, you know, college student with a piece of paper that I wasn't gonna, you know, put into action. And I wanted to make a shift and and figure out what I want to do. I wanted to be, really my own boss. I wanted the freedom and flexibility of being in control of my own fate, my own future. I wanted unlimited earning potential. I kind of created this hit list of things that I wanted in my career. And when I started going through and researching all these things that I wanted, um, the the last piece of it was I didn't want to just go and chase an income stream of, you know, making a paycheck. I wanted to actually do something in a space that allowed me to generate wealth at the same time. Yeah. And real estate was the one that checked off all of those boxes. And I kind of had that bug planted, you know, from uh, those previous conferences I attended with my mom. Right. And so for me, it was uh, it was real estate investing, and it's been the greatest, honestly, the greatest thing that um, has you know, besides my wife and my two kids. If you're listening, baby, I love you. <laughs> uh, if, uh, if one of the greatest things that has ever come into my life, because it has allowed me more freedom. It has allowed me more flexibility. It's allowed me to have way more fun. It's allowed me to work with some amazing people, have unimaginable experiences that I never had dreamt of. And at the same time, I've been able to create wealth and passive income from it. And so um, that was one of the things where I started getting flown around and speaking at different, you know, events and seminars and real estate offices all around the country and teaching other people how to do this. And I was like, I just need to create a, a course and a community and an education platform because I saw a lot of these and I hate using the word guru, but you know, it's one of those things where a lot of the the leaders in the space were charging 10, 20, 30, 50, right. even hundred thousand dollars for some of this stuff. And people were mortgaging their houses and doing all cr- kinds of crazy stuff just to get the information. They didn't even yeah. know if they were going to be good at it or like it. So um, I created uh, a, a very, 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 very competitive Uh, course and and community and product to rival a lot of these people, but to do it for less than 500 bucks. (laughs) So, so for me, that was one of those things where, um, I have been grateful to connect with so many people and give them a bridge to real estate investing to avoid the mistakes that I made when I was first starting out to hopefully accelerate their, you know, success in getting that first deal under their belt and, you know, getting going in the space and getting the education they needed. And, and that's where the Six Figure Flipper spawns. So for anybody that wants to, you know, learn more about that, they can go to sixfigureflipper.com or they can check out my website, mattachison.com. And there's all kinds of freebies and tools and webinars and trainings and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, whether they download anything or sign up for anything, I just love connecting with people who have some kind of desire or passion to maybe learn about it um, because I know what kind of freedom it can unlock when it's done correctly. And so for anybody that's listening that has maybe that desire, wants to know more, they can always tweet me at Official maddie A um, or find me on Instagram or Facebook, Official maddie A as well. And um, love connecting with anybody. Dude, you're such a rock star.
0: I love it, man. I love it. Um, yeah, we'll be, uh, for everybody listening, we'll be making all of these resources available on the site, uh, right under Matt's, uh, podcast episode when it goes live. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Matt, I, we ask one question to all of our guests, uh, who are on the show and in the midst of everything you've accomplished and
1: where you are right now, from where you've came from, how do you stay grounded on a daily basis? Wow. That's a great question. Um, I would say humility is probably one of the greatest, in my opinion, characteristics that any leader can embody. And so for me, uh, it's the constant reminder of, you know, no matter how big you think you are, there's always somebody bigger, better, faster, stronger than you are. Right. So to just constantly remember that, you know, we are, and I'll just speak in my own terms that I am only one human being on this planet that makes it what it is. But by showing up the way I know I can control, that, that gives me the fire to, 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 and the passion to show up and grab life big every single day to the best of my abilities and to just remain humble. Because I don't know about you, but I know personally speaking for me, uh, some of the greatest leaders and mentors and individuals who have made a significant impact on my life have been some of the most humble people yep. in moments or in spaces that they didn't need to be. Yep. And so that's something that I think I, I just always remind myself of and want to embody and and pass on to other people. That's part of my vision and my mission is to to share that characteristic. Cause I believe that it will do more good um, and serve more people than the alternative. Dude, that's awesome. Well,
0: uh, I, it, like it shines through you. I can see it, the, the humility and just gratitude for, for everything you're doing and everything you're working on, man. And, uh, I'm I'm just grateful that uh, we're having this conversation. I'm grateful I know you now, and I'm I'm just grateful in general for you as a human being. So, Matt, I just want to take another moment and say thank you uh, for being on the show and dropping so many amazing, just knowledge bombs that I personally can't wait to implement. And I hope everybody listening
1: got a lot of value out of too. Raj, it was a pleasure, man. Um, been on a lot of shows, enjoyed your energy, great questions, and. Um, look forward to connecting more, men. Absolutely. So everybody, uh, that's a wrap for another episode of the Stay Grounded podcast. I'm your
0: host, Raj. This is Maddie A. And until next time, stay grounded. We'll chat with you guys soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of the Stay Grounded podcast brought to you by Java Press Coffee Company. My name is Raj, and I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to make daily happiness a priority. If you're interested in learning more about how your morning coffee can turn into a consistent source of joy in your life, visit www.javapress.com to learn how our products can help you do that and use the coupon code PODCAST for 10% off your purchase. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.